Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go in-depth on all things Cyclones. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines talking to you on the Monday following Iowa State's Big 12 opening victory over Oklahoma State in which the Cyclones went full air raid, aired it out, put points on the board. All their problems are solved. Look out, Arlington, Texas. Here come the Cyclones, right, Randy? Yeah, I'm already starting the research 2017 at Oklahoma. You know, I'm sure we're going to have a repeat um, of the Kyle Kemp beating Baker Mayfield game and um, 38-31 Cyclones after opening the game with a as a four-point underdog. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, but um, back to reality for a moment. At least they're going into this game knowing that they can throw the ball a little bit, that, they, that they've got some semblance of an offense. Granted, the rushing game still isn't there. But, um, yeah, it was – in comparison, it certainly was was full air raid compared to, to what it had been in the past. So um, – and if that's the only way to move the ball, then by golly, do it. Don't, don't sit there and try to pound the ball all the time when, it's, when in fact, it's not there. Um, but, uh, I guess we'll see going forward what, what Saturday's game film showed to the coaches as they were reviewing it Saturday night and Sunday morning. Um, I guess we'll see what, uh, what they come up with. Certainly almost exclusively good news for Iowa state after beating Oklahoma state last week, the offense at times, looked dynamic. Rocco Beck threw for nearly 350 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. They put 34 points on the board. You know, obviously a successful day for an offense that had been pretty miserable for the last two weeks. So the question is, Is did they unlock something? Is Are they going to be more pass-heavy going forward? Is there an acknowledgement in the play calling Saturday that there is a way for this Iowa state offense to be successful. And it's not necessarily the way that Matt Campbell would prefer through the running game or one of two things or a blend of them that one Oklahoma state is uniquely bad in the big 12, which I think is a possibility. That was not a very good football team or two. Was this a one-off in-game adjustment from offensive coordinator, Nate Shieldhouse and Campbell And when they get down to Norman on Saturday and Big 12 games beyond, they're going to try to run the ball between the tackles, establish the run, on and on and on. The stuff that got them 2.2 yards per carry against said bad Oklahoma State defense, 1.7 against Ohio, and 2.8 against Iowa. I mean, I think that is the big question. I tend to think that Campbell is pretty – 
I, I hesitate to use the word stubborn, but something close to it about this offense and about sticking with the run. I think that's part of his core football philosophy that winning football is running the football. But I all at the same time, I think he is usually very good in self-evaluation, usually very clear-eyed in what's working and what's not. And man, the evidence at this point is pretty overwhelming that the running game ain't working for a lot of different reasons and that the pass game has the opportunity to move the ball. I think Rocco Beck is better than most people would have anticipated after he didn't really play last year, wasn't in line to start again this year until Hunter Deckers um, was ensnared in the gambling probe. But the kid has been efficient. He has been cool, calm, and collected. And on Saturday, the dude put up numbers. So again, I think there's this interplay, Randy, between Campbell's really deep-seated desire to continue to run the football and the mountain of evidence that this team's not great at it and has some opportunity through the air. Yeah, I think we'll see on Saturday whether whether Saturday whether last Saturday was was a one-off as far as as far as um, Matt Campbell and Nate Shieldhouse tweaking the playbook to open up a, a look to open things up a little bit. Hell, what was it? The first play where there was a first or second play where Iowa state did a flea flicker. I mean, it didn't work, but wow, that showed me something right there, but for Iowa state to go full passing, I don't, I don't know whether, I don't think they're and full passing. What I mean is 60, 65% passes over rushes. I don't know whether they're ready to go there yet. Um, what what annoyed me the the most about sticking with the rushing game at times was where they rushed. I mean, Iowa repeatedly, and I, I did this just before we came on here. If if the Iowa State statistics that they put out in the press box, and they've got a an elaborate statistical crew that a veteran statistical crew that does this stuff. According to those stats, of the 34 rushing plays, 22 went, they call they, they have right rush, middle rush, and, and left rush. 22 of the 34 went up the middle. And those 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 plays generated um not a whole lot of yards. It was uh, um it, it and they, but they kept on doing it. They did it twice on on third down. Both times they were short. Um, Sanders was third and four, and he rushed for one yard in the first quarter. And Beck was third and one in the fourth, and he rushed for nothing, rushed for no yards. They they stuck with it. Um, I don't I don't I don't really get it. But um, and we saw we saw, and I think you you even brought it up to me when we were in the press box. You noticed that that they're that the in and out of 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 guards, the the interior part of the line. Jim Boniface is fine at center. Jared Hufford is fine. It's the other guard that they that they can't find. And I don't know whether that's Ramsburg when he comes back after whatever that is after the TCU game and at, at, for the at Tennessee or for the at Cincinnati game. I don't know what that is, but we'll see if Iowa State has if Campbell and Shieldhouse have have fully transformed the playbook uh, when it comes to Saturday, where they do get in third and short situations, where are they going to run it? They're going to go up the middle uh, in the middle. Are they going to go around the edge? They're going to throw it. 
We'll see. We'll see on that one. But um, yeah, you're right. The, the the rushing game still leaves a lot to be desired. Now I will say this though: while we while we are easy to well, the, the offensive line is is easy pickings as far as far as being critical when it comes to the rush. Let's let's not forget that Rocco Beck has been sacked only once in four games. That's pretty good. Um, he's that's that's part of obviously that's that's a big part of what's made him successful is the fact that he's been upright. Plus, the receivers had a good game on on Saturday. They were um, they were focused throughout the whole game, and I kind of like the way Daniel Jackson is emerging um, as a receiver now that now that he's healthy. Um, Jalen Noll had a had a nice game, and I would say did this all this passing stuff essentially without Jaden Higgins and Demetri Stanley being huge parts of that passing game. So they've whether they've unlocked something, I don't know, but but they certainly they certainly have have cracked open some knowledge maybe that they can move the ball. Maybe that knowledge that, that I'm sure that knowledge has always been there, but it's it goes back to to what you said that coaches sometimes it, they're stubborn. Um, they're 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 they they're tough to get their mind changed. Well, if I would say it's going to amount to to um, anything more this season, they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to 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 open a lot of things up because I'm pretty sure they won't be favored in any more games this year. Well, and you know this is uh, something I'm playing around with. You know, just not even 48 hours after the game, and still a long way to Saturday, but. It's got to be driving Campbell batty to see what they saw Saturday and what we're talking about this offense about how you know they're they're gonna have to throw it a ton they're gonna have to let the running game hit the the back seat like this block you know all of this air raid air raid air raid and then you know hey by the way they're going to one of the best teams in the country on the road as a three touchdown underdog in the exact game where they're not gonna want to air the ball out where they're going to want to take the air out of the ball and just pound it, pound it, pound it, ball control, and hope you're in a close game late against a team that, you know, on paper is vastly superior. Like, this is not a great situation to take your first-year starting quarterback, your shaky offensive line, your non-existent running game into Norman, Oklahoma, and let them tee off as good as that offensive line has been in the passing game. Like you go down to Oklahoma and you say we're going to pass it sixty times, like that ain't great either. You know what I mean? Like, well, I know it's not right. a great situation for them to to transition into full air raid. Like that's that's a tough spot and a tough ask. All right, let me ask. look on Saturday. So my point is, and again, I'm just playing around with this theory. I'm not <laughs> fully committed to it yet. That if we go down to Norman on Saturday and we don't, we see them try to stick with the run a little bit longer than would otherwise be deemed wise. You know, is it worth giving them a break just situationally? Because it's going to be – you go down to Oklahoma and you can't complete passes and you're going three and out in 45 seconds, you could be down 35 nothing pretty quick. No, I agree. I agree there. I mean, it's, it's all, it's all um, relative to who, to who they're playing. I, I get it. Yes. I mean, I, 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 playing Oklahoma, I don't know, maybe the way to, to, to move the ball against them is, is – is rushing it. I don't know. Oklahoma's averaging um, 95 yards a game. 
giving up 95 yards a game on the ground. That's uh, fifth nationally. Pass defense are giving up 215 yards a game. That's ninth nationally. Pick your poison because it is poison. It is poison down there. There, those those statistics are are eye popping, and I, I would I would say that this Oklahoma team right now is as you shoot me down on this one. I, I know, but is as good as recent Oklahoma teams. This is pretty good team. Dylan Gabriel playing lights out right now. Quarterback, for example, um, the defense has has been is giving up eight points a game. I mean, that's – Iowa State's going to have to move the ball somehow. But but like you said, if it's pass, 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 then it's then it could be, like you said, three and out and 35 to nothing quick. It also could be three and out if you're rushing the ball, but it probably won't be as quick. Um, it, I, maybe it's got something that it, it, you can rush the ball, but, but rush it different places, rush it around the edge, if in fact that's possible. I don't know. I don't know whether that is or not. But uh, no, I agree with you. It's, it's purely situational and it's it's purely on uh, relative to, to who you're playing, going against the strengths of the of the opponent, because certainly Iowa State's the only place Iowa State has a strength in this game is defense. And that's this is going to. Yes. And there were some big plays last week, um, but that defense is going to give up some plays at some, you know, sometimes it just happens. But uh, um yeah, I, 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 no, I agree with you. I don't think we're gonna, we're gonna. Um, fan, I don't think fans should be all critical if if they continue just rush, rush, rush. Um, well, I, I mean, I'm of two minds. Again, I, I can see the argument there, but at the end of the day, the, the, it's all got to build towards winning the game, right? And you can say if you're at an 80 percent rushing attack, maybe it's still. You know, as like eighty percent of what Iowa State historically has been, like maybe then it still makes sense to be a little more committed and stubborn with the run. But is this team at fifty percent of what they've historically been? And then at that point, it's like, yeah, I know, like the clock may kill you, and you may end up getting absolutely hammered because of three and outs and Oklahoma just going down and score. But I, I don't see a world short of massive improvements in Iowa State's running game, how this team can go down there and win trying to run the football. And I, and I don't see the massive – like, where does the massive improvement come from? Cartavius Norton has been fine and is now banged up. Abu Sama, fine, true freshman, still hasn't had a huge breakout game. And then, like, we haven't seen – you know, Eli Sanders had a couple moments. You know, uh, the Carson Hansen has been okay. But the offensive, like none of those guys have flashed like superstar talent or superstar moments yet. Maybe it, maybe they will, but they haven't yet. And that offensive line has been brutal, just absolutely brutal in the running game. Again, give them credit in the pass protection, but in the run game, they have been brutal. And I don't know what the fix is. Like they're obviously we're trying different personnel on Saturday. You mentioned the guard. You know, Daryl Simmons, who was on track to be a four-year starter, did not, I don't believe, played. They tried. Grant Triber got the start. True freshman Brendan Black came in and probably played 40% of the snaps. or 40% First time he's ever played, by the way. And, like, it just wasn't good. And now, you know, maybe Triber and Black get better with more snaps. Maybe Simmons, you know, has a 
epiphany because obviously like you don't just bench a three-year starter like without there being an issue there right like that's that's not a great sign for anybody involved when that's what's happening in terms of player development and you know you know maybe this is a clarifying moment even then i don't know how they get so much better that this thing gets back to even and i think that's that's what's going to be hard on saturday i think is they're going to want to run and they're going to have a good reason to want to run but i just it's hard for me to envision how they do that effectively we just haven't seen yeah. it against a mac team against a really good iowa defense and we haven't seen it against like charitably a mediocre oklahoma state defense Let's let's yeah, let's go back now for just for a second here. I want you know, Campbell said Campbell made it very clear very early in the press in his press conference Saturday after Saturday night that they were they were go, going against a team that that for some reason, he, my words, not his, were were playing. We're loading the box. He said 10 guys. I, I really never noticed 10 guys when I watched the replay. But certainly they were playing a lot of guys, eight guys, seven guys, very, very, very close to the line of scrimmage. Um, and I, wa- I, I watched that again on the replay yesterday. And it, and it's true. I didn't count how many plays they did that because I couldn't. You know, it's, that was kind of hard to tell once they did all their moving around. But I would say most of the plays – they did crowd a lot of guys to the line of scrimmage, which does make it tough to run, which did open up passing. I really suspect that, well, obviously that's that's how Gundy thought they could beat Iowa State, which, you know, okay, he's a, a, been a wonderful mind, a great mind in this conference and in college football. I guess I'm, I can't, um, I can't disagree with him, but nonetheless, I don't, I really doubt that um, that Oklahoma will have to do anything like that. I, I think that Oklahoma can play pretty straight up defense, and and still, um, you know, and then and then maybe switch if if they if Iowa State starts to run against them. But I suspect that Iowa State's running situation will will be still a, a problem a, a problem going going forward but uh you know we'll see like i said we've seen strange things happen before down there but man for something to happen this year like you like you said it's going to have to be a, a running back who's going to finally break out have a have a couple long runs um i don't even remember what the longest run we've seen most Eli recently. sanders had a 15 yarder i believe yeah yeah i mean and yeah, then you so. take away you, you can't take away that 15 yarder but if you do take away that 15 yarder i believe iowa state's yards per carry slips below two again yeah yeah and that's not good um obviously um i mean you can say it would happen because oklahoma state loaded the box but it also happened against against um ohio so um I, I'm going to be curious to see what what Iowa State has as far as in, has in its in its playbook, but uh, I would certainly, if you're Iowa State um, fans, I, w- I would certainly think that that um, you'd be expecting um, them to throw the ball a little bit more. And and the the more the more that freshman tight end Ben Bramer plays, the better he gets. I mean, and, and the better he gets, the better that passing game gets because it might open up some some other receivers as well. You're listening to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNL. 
When we come back, we'll talk more Iowa State football as the Cyclones look to improve upon their 1-0 start to Big 12 play with a trip to Oklahoma this weekend. When we come back, we'll look ahead to that game against the Sooners. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Travis Hines and Randy Peterson here talking all things Iowa State football today. If you miss any of our discussion on the Cyclones' offense, in their victory over Oklahoma State on Saturday, be sure to check out the Cyclone Insider Podcast wherever it is you listen to your podcast. Going to look a little bit ahead to Saturday, Randy, and we'll have more to say when we do our live show on Thursday at 1 about the Sooners and how they, they match up with the Cyclones. But I, not a dominating Oklahoma team, I don't think. You know, they didn't blow Cincinnati away over the weekend. Um, you know, the Brent Venables era there has not been, you know, the rousing success I think people were hoping and expecting after Lincoln Riley uh, hightailed it to Los Angeles a couple years ago. But certainly it looks like things are stabilizing over there a little bit to where this is going to look more like an Oklahoma team that we saw dominate the Big 12 over the course of the previous decade, you know, rather than, you know, a team, you know, scratching and clawing to stay in the top 25. Yeah, I, our, Oklahoma hung 73 on Arkansas State, for example. They beat, they hung 66 on in a victory against Tulsa. Um, yeah, they it was they only beat Cincinnati 20 to six, but nonetheless, Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback, was excuse me, 26 out of 38 for 322 yards and a touchdown. So he was he was still um, pretty good. I don't think Oklahoma's got a whole a whole lot of a, a rushing game, so I think. I think this, what this is going to be is 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 the strength of Oklahoma, which right now is Dylan Gabriel, against the strength of Iowa State, which is now, which is now, which has been the 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 defense and and particularly the um, the secondary. Where it was nice to see T.J. Tampa have such a big game on on Saturday against Oklahoma State, and let's not forget and let's not neglect this. Um, also that, that, um, they're going to be pl- these newcomers and we've already talked about how many they have. And I think I, I looked at it the other day, Iowa State's played, has played 13 or 14 true freshmen this year. They're going to be playing in front of 80, 83, 84,000 people. This is the, the, the biggest, the most hostile place that they played this year. Um, so that's played in their lives. So this is going to be going to be a, a big test for them as well. But um, yeah, okay. So Oklahoma may not have looked the greatest against Cincinnati. We don't know how good Cincinnati is either. But um, nonetheless, it's still it's still at home, and it's it's you know, and Iowa State still has its its problems, and Oklahoma really has a has a wonderful shot to, to be a college. I think if you pick the college football playoffs right now, I think you'd have to really consider. Oklahoma. You know, I think the thing for Iowa State too that didn't get as much attention because they won, but we talked a little bit about it. I think uh, after the game, Randy, that the defense was fine against Oklahoma State, but by its lofty standards, that was one of the worst games. And worst is strong. It was one of the weaker games we've seen from that defense in the last couple of years. 
And again, that is measuring it against it being one of the elite defenses in the country over a number of years. So again, not saying they were terrible, not saying they're broken or anything like that, but we just saw them give up those big plays that they normally don't give up. They were just not as crisp, I think, as we are used to seeing them historically. And I think a big part of that was the injuries, you know, where you got Merlik Verdun and Darian Porter out. Uh, Campbell said that Gary Vaughn was at 80 or 85%, which means he's probably more at like 60%. And he got shaken up near the end of that game. Like that defense has got to be, that defense is going to be stressed and tested if it's not at 100%, because they're young and they're not particularly deep if you take out, you know, two or three starters or major contributors. Like that gets really hard for any defense. And when you're talking about a defense here where, you know, we saw a, very little or way less than we have rotation both up front and at linebacker than we have in previous games for Iowa state. You know, there's still some, but less than we had previously. And if they're not healthy on that side of the ball, that's where I start to get worried because that group, when they're playing the, the middle to top tier teams in the big 12, like the defense is going to have to do, have to be at on its game. It has, it has to be elite. Cause I'm still not convinced that this offense is going to light up the world. And so if Iowa State wants to be in these games against the Oklahomas, against the Texases, and you know the teams at the top of the league, the defense has got to be at, on point, on its game, and it needs to be healthy to do that. And I thought we saw some of the uh, repercussions of not being completely healthy on Saturday. So I think that's something to keep in mind. You know, when we talk to Campbell tomorrow, not sure we're going to get a whole lot of information about the health of the team, but something – Certainly you and I will be having our uh, binoculars out Saturday afternoon during warmups to see who's in, who made the trip, who's healthy and who's not. Cause I think that'll be huge. You know, Cartavius Norton was walking around with a sling. Campbell said it was a stinger. Okay. And I, usually I don't, do you see guys in slings with stingers? No, not necessarily. Yeah. yeah. So I don't we'll see. That. I think there's some health issues for the team, but long week ahead, big game on Saturday. For Iowa State, traveling to Norman to play Oklahoma, always like that's the other thing, Randy. When they won that game in 2017, you can never go down there thinking they got no shot to win because that team had no shot to win. That team had zero shot to win. Zero Remember the whole Jacob Mark stuff and and um, Joe Landing playing linebacker and and um, Kyle Kemp being quarterback and beating Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean they had no they had no shot to win that game. So even as a 20 point underdog, Iowa State. Got a shot Saturday. Be sure to check out DesMoinRegister.com all week. Randy and I will have all the coverage you could possibly hope for. For the undefeated in the Big 12, Iowa State Cyclones, he's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.